T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Grand Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. With Molly and Haw. Biggs time. The Biggs Report with Brad Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. His name is Brad Biggs. Brad Biggs talks football with you. <laughs> Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune and a longtime contributor to the station, as well as a valued friend. And he joins us now. On the score hotline, which of course is powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Big Zay. Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? You know, we were we were talking about ex-Bears and, uh, you know, Matt Nagy, ex-Bears coach in the playoffs. Maybe the biggest matchup in this game is Dave Tobe going against John Harbaugh, right? Dave, of course, uh, a a great special team coach, good friends with John Harbaugh. They both, he was an assistant to John with the Eagles and, uh, and John Harbaugh goes to Baltimore as a head coach. And Dave goes to Chicago as a special teams coordinator. And now he's an assistant head coach and special teams guy. So that's a, that's a neat little rivalry within the game here. Yeah, Dave, Dave Tobe's so good at what he's doing. Uh, the Chiefs were able to stop a fake punt with only 10 guys on the field last week at, uh, <laughs> at Buffalo. <laughs> um, but, yeah, those are two guys that go uh, obviously way back. You know, there's a, there's a ton of attention that's been paid recently to the uh, 2013 uh Washington Redskins staff that continues to produce uh, head coaches, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, you know, on and on. Well, that Eagles team under Andy Reid has uh, produced a lot of head coaches as well. Ron Rivera was with Harbaugh and Tobe uh, in Philadelphia at that time, and, and there were many others that went on to success. Sean McDermott, obviously, so... You see these, uh, you see these guys uh, run into one another, and you know that they've got a background that, in this case, stretches. I mean, almost almost twenty five years uh, to go going back to when they started working together uh, in Philadelphia, and that, and that's a I'm sure a fun little uh, subplot for them that they'll think about maybe um, at some point during the off season, but certainly not as the games approach 
this Sunday. Brad, as you look at the NFC Championship game, Lions and 49ers out there by the Bay, which is Brock Purdy more likely to do Sunday against that Lion defense? Throw three touchdowns or three interceptions? Oh, I'd say three touchdowns. That's the that to me. That's the weakness of the Detroit defense is the uh, secondary or or cornerbacks, and they've got one outstanding pass rusher in Aiden Hutchinson, and it really drops off after that. Aleem McNeil, I think he's back healthy now from a knee injury. Um, the defensive tackle can give him a nice push in the middle, but but they really lack a second um, threat off the edge after Hutchinson and combine that with, I think, what are some personnel issues there at corner. And I, I mean, three interceptions, no way, unless we're talking some fluky uh, tip passes. I don't see that happening. So I would go with the three touchdowns, although three touchdowns is going to be hard for the, him to come by because the 49ers seem to do uh such a good job of running the football, right? They had 27 rushing touchdowns in the uh, regular season, so three would be a little extreme, although Purdy had 31. Yeah, I, I'm going to say neither, but if I had to pick one, I'd go with the touchdowns. Yeah, um, it's gonna be it's going to be fun. This weekend should be a lot of fun, and there are, I suppose – Lessons to learn, you know, listening yesterday when uh, when you heard from uh, Amon Ra St. Brown, uh, Equinemius's uh, brother, he said that they started winning late last year and here they are and kind of implying they're at the beginning of something. Um, are the Bears on that track? That, that occurred to me because they think they won a lot at the end of the year. Well, the Bears have to figure out the quarterback position. And so they're not on that track currently because they don't have the quarterback position figured out, in in my opinion. But the Bears, I believe they're trending in the right direction. And what's really interesting about really the Bears, the Lions, and the Packers is all three are were among the top five youngest rosters in the NFL this past season, okay, this 2023 season. So we we know very well about the youth that the Bears have and where it's located and and you know the couple older guys that they've got. Well, the Lions have got the same thing going on. They've got young guys all over the place and the Packers had the youngest roster uh of all and that tends to get you know overblown a little bit at times, but it just tells you you know the number of uh guys that each of these teams have that could continue to grow here. If you're, if you're talking about the ability of a rookie going into year two or a second year player going into year three to kind of t- take these advances uh, in their career where they, they really become a better football player, then you got something going on. It's going to be a really interesting division next season, and it'll be made more interesting if the Vikings manage to uh, re-sign Kirk Cousins. So the Bears' defensive coordinator job remains open, Brad. They interviewed Terrell Williams, Chris Harris, and Dave Borgonzi, I believe, the on-staff possibility. 
also the report yesterday that Eric Washington on the Bills staff, who has spent some time at Howells Hall on the Bears defensive staff previously, is getting an interview. What do you think uh, the latest of the latest there, and, and what do you expect to happen next? Yeah, Eric Washington, a guy who originally joined the Bears, I think it was back in 2008 after he had worked at Northwestern. Like, Eric been around this area so long ago that Randy Walker was the head coach uh, at Northwestern when Eric started uh, working for the Wildcats. So um, he's a guy that's going to have real knowledge of what Matt Eberflus wants to do scheme-wise because he worked under Lovey Smith, because he worked under uh, Ron Rivera, because he spent a lot of time with Sean McDermott. He's going to have a full understanding of what's in the playbook, uh, what the emphasis is, and why, and how it should look. And, and Chris Harris, similarly, right? I mean, that's that's a guy who was who was playing for the Bears uh, back then, and and has been rising through the coaching ranks. Eric Washington um, has been a coordinator previously as well. He held that title uh, in Carolina. I think he got promoted after Steve Wilkes had become a head coach uh, and and left the Panthers. So um, that's a that's an experienced guy who, to be quite honest with you, I, I'm a little surprised he hasn't had more than than two years as a coordinator uh, to this point. Uh, but a, a very respected uh, defensive line coach. Um, so here we are, and we're seeing all these positions fill, and, and you're looking around the league. The Bears will be getting their staff together pretty quickly. Um, have they – have have it, it's just sort of speculation time. I mean, there's all – everybody's got an idea of what move needs to be made, of how they need – are they really talking to anyone? Is it far too early in the process before you figure out – uh, what's available and what your options are. You're talking about what's available at, at free in, agency or in the, in the, the draft, draft? In the draft. There's more rumors than there are. Um, it just oh, it yeah. feels it's like just, it's getting, you know, I think because so many people are releasing their first mocks, it's just getting to a point yeah. where everybody's got an idea and everybody's, but there is no real information, right? No, I th- I think. Well, the the teams have got of a, a full college season of information, right? Like I would I would venture to bet the Bears had four people go through USC this past season. And and I'm not talking about at a game, I'm talking about through the facility. Um maybe more. I you're 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 sending area scouts in, you're sending national scouts in, you're sending cross-checkers in. So they're gathering information starting back in July, August, and and they were picking up stuff the year before as well. So they've they've got intel, and, and now it's digging deeper. It's evaluating everything you have and saying, okay, what questions does this information create for us that we want to learn more about? Where do we need to turn from here? And so I, I think you're 
kind of working through that process as you look ahead to the combine, which is just uh, I think that I think that's going to kick off four weeks from Monday, guys. So that's not too uh, far off. So you're, you're getting prepared for that, and and then and then it happens quickly, right? Because you've got combine, you've got pro days where you can go out and see the guys on campus perform, and then you've got the top 30 visits, which will be really interesting. Um, in the past, and the Bears have had some years here where they haven't had first-round picks, but out of the top 30 visits, you can have 30 prospects come visit your facility before the draft. In the past, you look at it, and a lot of it is like late-round picks that they might be sorting through. Uh, sometimes you you bring in a maybe a late round option who you'll you'll try to uh, pitch like hey if we if we're unable to draft you we might really like you as a uh, priority free agent isn't our facility great don't you like our coaches wouldn't it be awesome to pick us because it's the draft ends these guys are free agents and go uh, wherever they want this year you would expect a whole bunch of these visits to be centered around pick one and pick nine, the two selections they have in the first round is they um, get all the material and time with these players, face-to-face time with these players that's going to be required to uh, for, for them to hit uh, back-to-back home runs in round one. All right, Brad, so on Thursday, Molly and I came in here and kind of had an airing of grievances about the Bears not getting Harbaugh and the Chargers hiring him. And that's past. We're over that. But today we come in and Bill Belichick is passed over in Atlanta. And you look around the head coaches and the ones who've been hired and, frankly, the ones who haven't, and it's been a very surprising offseason in that regard. What was your reaction to the Chargers hiring Harbaugh and the Falcons avoiding Belichick and the, and the qualified guy still out there on the market. Yeah, there are a couple a couple of things. You know, back a couple of weeks ago, when you're looking at okay, where could Harbaugh go? I think that Chargers job was the easiest one to connect the dots with because there's a quarterback in place that he can win with and win with quickly when he sorts through some of the issues that the Chargers have. And there's there's plenty of issues with that roster. Uh, but as everyone knows, getting the quarterback right is the most challenging thing. There's two openings remaining. Uh, because they're unfilled at this point, on the Friday going into championship weekend, you would assume both those clubs are probably targeting a guy that's still coaching, right? A guy that's with one of these four uh, remaining teams. Interesting. The real interesting one to me is Vrabel because I think he's been pretty well regarded and he's still out there. But I'll tell you what, the best thing for Mike Vrabel could be sitting out a year, could be kind of kind of doing what Mike McCarthy did. Mike McCarthy went in and had a little football lab uh, and he would um, study tape, bring people in and they'd go over tape together and just kind of get uh, different ideas did that for a year uh, if if Mike Vrabel wants to he can get Tennessee Titans money for the full season right be paid not to work mm-hmm. recharge his battery a little bit study up on the game maybe uh, 
network, see what kind of staff, you know, and you'd have to think of it dozens of names, like people that could come with me the next time I get a job, because you don't know who's going to be loose and free, uh, and then put him in, put himself in a position where he could be potentially, you know, one of the most coveted guys at the beginning of the cycle uh, next year. I mean, there would be much worse ways that, that people could have to spend a year than potentially doing that. Brad, we talked earlier about the Bears running back position and Montgomery leaving and et cetera, and we talked about Dante Foreman, who he kind of left in the middle of the night. I, I mean, I don't know how his season ended. There was like a cryptic tweet. He was no longer even looked at, and I, I don't even know what happened with that guy. Obviously, he's not part of this team. He's not coming back. Um, what What happened there? I think, I think Foreman was probably frustrated with lack of uh, opportunity there at the end of the season when everybody was healthy in the backfield and he was sort of the odd man out. Remember, at, he was a healthy uh, scratch there and he provided some value to him in the middle of the season. Yeah. Uh, certainly when Cleo Herbert was out. But, you, you know, you look at the numbers, you look at, okay, well, what can these guys do? Foreman uh, kind of limited as a pass catcher out of the backfield, I think they felt like uh, Herbert and Roshan Johnson could provide more there. And so those were the guys that were uh, getting the playing time. And Herbert's obviously under contract uh, moving forward into this next season. Roshan Johnson was just a rookie. And uh, that's the way things kind of shook out. You know, I mean, Foreman, guys, he averaged 3.9 yards a carry. So, uh they weren't uh, they weren't putting a guy who was uh, just shredding defenses uh, on the shelf. All right, Brad, quickly, what are your picks this Sunday? I think Baltimore is going to win, guys. You look at how that Ravens team has played uh, throughout this season, and it's really been impressive the number of teams that they've beaten that have a winning record, uh, the way that offense is rolling and and the defense like Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator there. He he could get the uh, one, one of these jobs that's uh, unfilled. He's done a fantastic job. So I think the Ravens uh, win at home uh, over Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And then it, it, to me, it's really difficult uh, to pick against San Francisco. Take a look at what the Lions have gone through lately, guys. The Lions haven't played outdoors very much in the second half of this season. Uh, 49ers uh, are going to be a really uh, tough out for them. I I think San Francisco takes care of business. Great stuff, Brad. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Brad. Have a great weekend, guys. That is our guy, Brad Biggs, football man from the Chicago Tribune. Mr. Chalk. Oh, so I'm Mr. Chalk, No, him. No, No, I I mean, here's the thing. These teams are going to win, and – you heard Bigsy say it. Yeah. You heard me say it earlier. And Sorry. now you call him a name because he's yeah. picking – he's not picking your underdog. I, I just mean, like to pick on, on Bigsy anyway. That's just good. He has it coming. He earns it. He does not. He does too. It's a good dude. <laughs> he's uh, a good dude, but he earns it. 312-644-6767. So, I, I mean, I'm just trying to figure this out. If you pick favorites, then you're just playing chalk. 
Listen, I get Aren't called Mr. I get called the chalkiest guy around here, so I'm just giving it back. Well, yeah, if you pick favorites, you're the chalk. You're the chalk king. I think that's more to do with your pale skin. <laughs> you're called chalky. <laughs> it may be too. <laughs> Give people something else to pick on. Thank uh, you. Oh no, 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 it's all fun. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, six seven eight. Chalk, 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 chalk. Why am I being chalkity chalk? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela. Is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This will be an outstanding test for us, but it's one we're ready for. We're ready for. So we're built to handle this, and this is going to be a, this will be an outstanding game on the road. Uh, our guys are going to be ready to roll. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. That's Dan Campbell. He's the Lions head coach, and uh, it's going to be a good test, and they're ready to roll. What what coach would you rather have in terms of the style of a coach heading into a game this big? The guy who is most likely to leave it all out there, take every risk, and if it's fourth and whatever, it's going to be a risk worth taking. Dan Campbell is going to leave it all out there, and I think that you're going to take – leave caution to the wind and there'll be a lot of it by the bay or do you want the rather conservative safe paint between the lines and by numbers approach by Kyle Shanahan who has been known to maybe get a little tight when things get close do you want the guy that's going to take every chance or do you want the guy that's going to take very few in a game this big which is a better approach? Well, I, I mean, we'll, we'll find out. I, I would like the guy with the best quarterback. I would like the best coach-quarterback combination, if that makes any sense. Well, so Andy Reid's won some titles with Patrick Mahomes. That's a great combination. Uh, John Harbaugh, I, I don't think he's won a title with, uh, with Lamar Jackson yet, but if he does, he's already won a title. Lamar has it. So that would be a nice thing 
to have happen. There's only two coaches that are Super Bowl winning coaches. Um, I think it's interesting the way you're portraying Kyle Shanahan because then then that makes it sound like he doesn't have the kind of wherewithal, if you will. I think he's a great coach. He's one of the smartest offensive minds in the NFL of this generation. I I think he's definitely uh, somebody with that reputation. Would you describe him as a stud? He's a stud. He's a stud offensive coach. He's a stud. But he gets tight, and he he gets a little bit safe, and I I respect that on occasion because it – it is complimentary football. He has a defense where he can do that. I just wondered, you say the best quarterback. Right now, it's going into Sunday. I think Jared Goff's playing at a higher level than, than Brock Purdy. And I, so I, I think the best quarterback may not win that game. Uh, yeah, and the best quarterback may not win the first game either. I, I think that <laughs> the, the um, combination of the coach and quarterback is really important in all these games. And I think guys can have good years. You know, Brock Purdy, about two or three weeks, maybe a month ago, was like a front runner for MVP. And now he's not in the conversation. Um, and, and by the way, the MVP of the league might not be the MVP of the playoffs, right? I mean, if, you, if somehow um, Kansas City did win, you could say that even though Lamar was the best player during the regular season, um, Mahomes has taken things over once you've hit the playoffs. I don't know that we're going to be saying that. I think that Lamar is not only like a really good player, but their team is really well built. It's a good team. They got a lot of good stuff going for them. So including having a week off. So we'll see how this plays out. But I, Kyle Shanahan, I would argue, has like the worst quarterback. Um, I don't want to. I want to be careful how we say this. He has the most obvious game manager among the four. Well, that's, that's not even an argument. I mean, that's a fact. No, it's a that, fact. That, that's a rea- real but, easy thing to say. But the okay. But yeah. the question is whether or not they they can manage the game to the point where they don't need special plays from the quarterback. I, again, I think if they get behind there. I don't trust that they're going to be able to come back. That that happened against um, against Green Bay because the first play of the fourth quarter they had a field goal and they cut that lead below whatever it was five points. They if they're down five they've lost they'd lost thirty straight games. So now they got to win. But did they? I mean, it was like they their first play was a field goal and that wasn't that trimmed it below that time. Right. I just I would worry about the ability to come back from a deficit with uh with a quarterback. Well the numbers bear that out. Yeah. A, right. Three one two says Amen. good Lord Purdy is still not getting any respect. What does this guy have to do? Look at the numbers. Win a Super Bowl. Well, I mean the respect comes we are all prisoners of the moment. And in the most recent moment that was not Brock Purdy's best day. And when the stakes increase and he's not been at a stage this big because last year he was injured, not through any fault of his own. But you go into this game, and that's why the question exists. It's a, it's a fair point. Maybe Brock Purdy doesn't get the respect he deserves after a season like this. But in his last time out, he looked shaky. And Jared Goff did not. And to say that Brock Purdy is the fourth best quarterback among the four teams left – is not necessarily an insult as much as it is grasping the obvious. Right. 
he's the most limited guy out there. Mm -hmm. And so he is a game manager. And I think the question that I have and I wonder is that are you better off trying to conservatively, safely manage this game? Are you more likely to win because you do have a deeper team with more talent than maybe Dan Campbell with Jared Goff, the better quarterback, and you're going to leave it all on the field, go all out and take every chance? I, I'm i very interested to see how these games end up turning out because um, if if there is an upset in these games, What's it gonna? Why is it gonna be that way? Well, like, like the implication is that the that what you're saying that the Lions are more likely to take chances than Shanahan is. Are we gonna come out of this if the Lions win and say, "Man, they choked because they didn't have any guts and they wouldn't do anything I, outside I, the box"? I don't think so. I think the only way they can win, and I guess that's the overriding point, the only way they can be a better team, a deeper team on its home field in the NFC championship game is to gamble is right. to take risks is to, you know, take your shots down the field early and often do things that might be uh, raise an eyebrow, but you are the lions. And the only reason you are still here is because you you've raised eyebrows all year long and you've taken the un- unorthodox circuitous route to the NFC championship game. So don't change now. Don't change now. You see a lot of guys who get to this point, and you know you worry about that a little bit if you're a Lions fan, maybe, because Dan Campbell's acknowledging how big the moment is. I see people I don't recognize. Right. This is very different this week. Our players are dealing with people they don't know. How are they going to handle that? Well, don't acknowledge it, first of all. <laughs> Try to ignore it. Pretend like you're at Ford Field and you're playing with house money and just go after it. That's your best chance to win. Let's try Kevin. Kevin is in Roseland. Hi, Kevin. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Kevin. Um, yeah, I have a trade scenario. Um, the Bears could take Caleb Williams with the number one pick, and with the number three pick, they could swap out their ninth pick and send Justin Fields to New England and draft Marvin Harrison, Jr. So you're trading down, you're trading out of the number one pick, and you're ending up without Caleb Williams? No, you, you, you get, get Caleb, Caleb Williams. Williams at number one, yeah. and you give up Justin Fields and your ninth overall pick for Marvin Harrison. I, I don't think it's realistic. I, I, I think that's not realistic. Are the, are the, Who's going to give you is that? Is New England interested in, dra- in getting uh, Jalen Fields, or excuse me, Justin Fields? That's what he's saying. You know, so so you'd be number one, and you would take uh, Caleb, and then I guess who goes second? Is it you know whatever? Is Washington it May or is it? Yeah, I, you or, know? yeah. I, I don't I don't know that you're gonna. That 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 means you're taking your ninth pick to move up to third, and you're packaging Justin Fields with it. Who's gonna do that? I Who's so gonna... you'd you'd make the deal if they take it. Oh my gosh! Okay. So he's got a good idea. You just got to get someone to agree. I've got a lot of good ideas. All right. They're not rooted in reality. Frank is in Western Springs. Hi, Frank. Good morning, guys. Um, a couple things. Number one, it's a shame that the MVP always goes to the quarterback. I think that's a right. shame because the best player in football is Christian McCaffrey, who may score another two touchdowns again Sunday, even though – diehard Bear fan here, and I'm going to talk about the the negative and the misery next with the Chicago Bears, but 
I'm rooting for Detroit. I have since the beginning of the playoffs. I would, I would love to see them go all the way and see what happens. My son loves Christian McCaffrey and will have his jersey on again Sunday. So there's a little bit of uh, tension there. On the disgusting bears that we talk about in misery every week, what about asking Eberflus to take more money, swallow some pride, and become a defensive coordinator, even though that will never happen? Go out and get a head coach that can actually do something. And two, if this all goes down the way it is. Thanks, Frank. I think we lost you. lost, Frank. Yeah. If it goes down the way it is. If it goes down the way it it is. (laughs) What's what's next? Yeah, what is the other shoe? What's the other shoe going to drop? What happened? And the world (laughs) destroyed. Are people still on the Eberflus thing? That was so yesterday. Yeah, there's not. We're moving on. We did talk about it yesterday. We're moving on. It was the day to talk about it. Let's move on. We've moved on. Yeah, we're over it. It's not even that we're over it. We've accepted we cannot control what happens, and we're just going to accept this is what's happening. This is going on. Is it the move? We'll discuss it. We'll find out. Somebody came at me at Twitter said that after every Chargers win and Bears loss next year, I'm going to be insufferable talking about how they still miss Jim Harbaugh in Chicago. Probably right. Okay. I mean, that's what you get. Uh, we're going to talk to <laughs> Joe Fortenbaugh next. Get your pen out. Get some paper. Get ready for uh, the picks. These these are the picks, the most important picks of your life. They're coming next. Mully and Hong will score. Mully Ad Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Oh, it's always a delight to talk to the man himself. It is Mr. Joe Fortenbaugh here on the score hotline powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. You can see him on the four letter network weekdays at 5, Bet Live. And now we get our chance to talk to him. Joseph, how are you this morning? Gentlemen, I'm outstanding. Championship weekend. I was up early, came downstairs, tried to spend time with the kids before they went to school. They're yelling. They're screaming. They don't want to get on the bus. I look at my wife. I'm like, this is on you. I got a big day. I got a big day. (laughs) I got to talk to the people of Chicago. I got to do TV. I got to do radio. We got to give out picks. We got so much for these two games. Very excited to be on with you guys today. Very jacked up. You are everywhere, Joe, and you're doing a great job with it. So is this the most exciting Sunday of the football season? I think last weekend was the best weekend overall, but this Sunday, which game is better? Which one do you like more? Uh, In terms of gambling or anticipation, it's probably both going to be Baltimore, Kansas City, and we'll obviously be getting into that. But to answer the question in a big way, it's still the Super Bowl for me. And I know Mm -hmm. that sounds corny. Everyone looks at the divisional round and they'll say, you know, those are the best games. We get four of them. Championship weekend's only two. Wild card round has some bad teams. When I wake up on the Super Bowl, like I feel like a lot of people do uh, for the holidays, right? Like you get up, it just feels different. The whole day, I'm just kind of floating around. You're checking things. You're, you're, it's not just the betting and the props and getting everything organized. How's the buffalo chicken dip? Is it coming along at the right temperature? Do we have the right food? Do we have the right drinks? Are the TV set up? Are the kids going to be a disaster? Like the whole day just takes on this larger-than-life personality. 
So that's still my favorite day, without question. But this is going to be a great weekend because back-to-back we have big games. Where do we want to start for the people of Chicago? Let's get right to it. Let's get to the Patrick Mahomes versus uh, uh, the the um, well-balanced Baltimore Ravens. Love the Ravens here. Probably love them too much. Okay? Open three. They're now trending up to four. I have it four and a half. I'd lay the four. I'm also playing an alt line here. I'm going to play Ravens minus seven and a half. It's around plus 160. Really like Baltimore in this game. Okay, Kansas City, everyone, oh, my God, Mahomes is an underdog. Oh, my God, Mahomes, 13-3 and in the playoffs. Let me tell you something. That was a war last week in Buffalo, and we called that one. We didn't have a great week last weekend, but we called that one for Kansas City. That was a war. Guys got hurt. Guys got dinged up. Late in the season here, everyone talks about how great this Kansas City defense is. Eh, if you look at them down the stretch, they're not playing that many great teams, right? Oh, two in Miami? Was that a big threat a couple weeks ago? I don't think so. And this offense, people are saying it's finally coming to life. I don't see that either. You've been playing bad defenses. Buffalo's defense was completely banged up last week, and you hung 27 on them. That's not what this is, all right? Baltimore's got an extra week of prep. Baltimore's got the best defense in the NFL. Good luck trying to defend this team. What are you going to do? You're going to sell out to stop Lamar? Then you're going to compromise what you're all about, which is limiting the big explosive plays in the secondary. But if you stay true to your form and you try to limit the big explosive plays in the secondary, Ravens are going to eat you up underneath. So I I think Baltimore is going to be all over Kansas City in this game. I think they worked out some of the kinks last week. They were trying to do too much too soon. I like them in this game. So I'm laying the three and a half. I'd lay the four. I'm laying the alt line at seven and a half. They're like minus three and a half in the first half. I'd play that too. I think they jump all over them in this game. Prop wise, Lamar Jackson under two ten and a half passing yards. I think they're up for most of this game. And then I think they run the ball to control the clock and keep Mahomes off the field. So that's one prop I'd play there. And that's pretty much it for that game. I've got a lot more prop action in the next one, but that's kind of what we're looking at. Very excited about Baltimore. Uh, first half for the game especially, the alt line, and then Lamar under on the passing yards. That's where I'm going to be in this game. I think you can play Mahomes INT as well. It's somewhere around minus 120. He's going to have to throw a lot in this game. That wide receiving unit is untrustworthy. I think he gets picked off at least once. Let's go to the NFC, Joe, where it is very easy to follow your heart and let it outshout your head. But what are you going to do with Lions and 49ers? I like the Niners. Niners open six and a half, moved to seven. Market's now moving to seven and a half. So if you can get the seven, play the seven. I think it indicates with the total going up as well that Debo's going to play. Now, even if Debo is not 100% or whatever it is, I don't care. Um, I, I think there, there are narratives and there's recency bias that are clouding people's judgment in this game. When it comes to the Lions, everyone's in love with this team, right? In love with them. Well, here's what I want to give you, all right? Jared Goff indoors versus Jared Goff outdoors. This is just for the season. If I gave you his whole career, it'd look just as bad, okay? Indoors this season, 11-3, and three, completing 70% of his passes, 20 TDs to only eight interceptions, quarterback rating of 101. Jared Goff outdoors, 3-2, and two, 63% completions, five touchdowns, four picks, quarterback rating of 82. This has been a problem his entire career. He's playing outdoors for, I believe, only the second time since October. Okay, there have been so many indoor games for the Lions late in the season. They've been rolling up huge numbers, and everybody loves them. Oh, look at them last week against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay stinks. 
The week before against the Rams, they should have lost that game. Now you're going to the Niners. This is a huge step up in class. And speaking to the Niner recency bias, we watched them last week against Green Bay. Shanahan comes out with this Debo-heavy game plan and this pass-happy game plan. It's pouring rain, and he doesn't get off the game plan. He should have just ran the ball with the best running back in the NFL, but he decides not to. So they end up stumbling all over themselves in this game. But they still found a way to win. And that's one of the worst Niner games I've seen all season. Purdy's going to have a big game in this one. He's going to be able to throw all over this defense. So here's how we're playing it. Niners minus seven. George Kittle. Love George Kittle this weekend. Over 61 and a half receiving yards. Lions really struggled to defend opposing tight ends. Brock Purdy's longest completion. Over 40 and a half yards. I think he's going to hit a couple home runs in this game, especially against his pass D, which let Baker Mayfield torch him for over 300 yards last week. And then Jameer Gibbs running back Detroit. I think he can go over 48 rushing yards in that situation. He's going to be able to have some success against the Niners for the change of pace. But to recap that again, it's the Niners minus seven Kittle over 61 and a half receiving yards. Purdy's longest completion over 40 and a half receiving uh, yards. And then it is Jameer Gibbs over 48 and a half rushing yards. I think you can play the over in this game, too. It's sitting around 51. But I think people got the wrong idea of what they're going to see in this game. Uh, Detroit has been looking really good against average to below average competition, playing indoors against bad defenses. The Niners look shaky last week, so everyone thinks they're vulnerable. I think the Niners wake everybody up this weekend. Joe, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm now fired up to start measuring, you know, the – the uh, national anthem length and get ready for the big uh, gimmick bets in the Super Bowl. This this is this is all building toward one of these awesome awesome weekends in the future. You really sound like it, Molly. You sound like yeah. you're jumping out of your chair right now. Oh, I'm. I, you got me fired up. I, Great. I love it. <laughs> Great stuff, Joe. Get Molly another croissant. Love you, Chicago. <laughs> Have, Have a great weekend. <laughs> That's our guy, Joe Fortenbaugh. I I love. I, I love talking to Joe about around the Super Bowl. And Dustin, how many bets are there? I mean, we we would we've been in Vegas for the Super Bowl with like forty bets that had to be made because they were all good ones. It was about all ten pages. Ones. About ten pages of bets. And that's what he's talking about. That's why that weekend is so much fun. You can bet every stupid thing you can think. Um, I had a buddy who once called me with the song set for Bruce Springsteen, and I couldn't figure out where to get it down. <laughs> it's very frustrating. 312-644-6767. We're going to head out to Detroit. A lot of good things going on there, right? We saw Michigan win, and then uh, – Big week, big month. What happened. it be a big then, year. And then you got uh, a po- possibly a big upset this weekend. We'll talk to Mike Valenti. Uh, from Detroit. We'll do that next. Mully and Haw on the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.